0: Well, hey there, freaks. It's your boy, Marty, here to introduce this week's sponsor. I'm not sure if you heard of them yet. Uh, They've been around for a bit, though. The Cash App, this week's episode of Tales from the Crypt, is sponsored by the Cash App, uh, the number one finance app in the app store for the last two years. You freaks already know the first P2P payments app to allow you freaks to buy Bitcoin. uh, One of the best UX flows in in the Bitcoin buying world, in my opinion, right now. On top of this, they have their boost program which allows you to get a boost card and that's tied up with a bunch of merchants you get your card you get your personalized signature on it and you go to places like whole foods taco bell chipotle your local coffee shop the list goes on i believe they added more merchants earlier this week i got a notification um you go there you use your boost card you get a little savings and you can use those savings stack some sats maybe one day they'll have sats back who knows so go to the uh app store the Apple App Store or the Google Play Store today and download the Cash App. Tales from the Crypt. What is up, freaks? Welcome back to Tales from the Crypt. We're chugging along here on Hell Week in New York City, Blockchain Week, sitting down with a very special man, uh, a man of many skills, open source... uh, Software advocate, uh, creator of Green Address, and now uh, the chief architect at Blockstream. I'd like to introduce you, freaks, to Lawrence Nahum. Hi, welcome to the podcast. I just butchered your name after you told me how to say it. (laughs) Thank (laughs) you. (laughs) (laughs) a pleasure to be here. Well, it's a pleasure to have you. I've been, uh, I was just fanboying. I've been a big fan of Larry Bitcoin on Twitter for a while. Uh, I've been putting out good information, and it was, uh, it's been cool sitting here for the last five minutes hearing your story of how you came to Bitcoin. Uh, Let's jump into that. So how did you find Bitcoin? What were you doing before you found Bitcoin? And sort of what what drew your attention towards this? Right. So
1: my my background is computer science. Um, And um, after I finished university, I mostly worked in finance. Um, OTC, electronic confirmations, and that sort of thing. Um, I think I heard of Bitcoin uh, maybe even in 2011 or beginning of 2012 on Slashdot. And I sort of ignored it because... uh, it, it, it sounded, uh, you know, more b- better than, um, uh, you know, overselling, and uh, most pro- most comments on Slashdot were very negative. But then, at uh, some point later, um, 2012, I heard about Silk Road, and uh, I was surprised that drug dealers would accept Bitcoin because usually, you know, they they like hard cash. And so I started investigating Bitcoin a little bit more. I, I got, I finally got to read the white paper. And that made the whole difference. Uh, once I read the white paper, I was like, "Okay, I don't understand everything, but I understand enough to know that this is truly different, and uh, it makes sense too." And so <laughs> uh, I started, uh, you know, th- going down the rabbit hole of uh, reading, reading more, reading more, reading more. And um, you know, I know that key management is a really a tough issue, and I know that uh, it's trivial to get malware on your computer whether it's a game or, or something else that you install. And so w- when I understood that you could do multi-sig on, uh, on Bitcoin, I was really excited and, you know, I thought, how can I take advantage of multi-sig, um, you know, to, to make a more secure wallet and maybe even offer a, a more advanced functionality on top of it. And that's what uh, where Green Address comes from.
0: A mm-hmm. green address it has been around for a while one, yeah one of the first multi-sig solutions uh or mass multi-sig solutions that's easy for people to use so you're what was what was it about multi-sig solutions that uh lured you in specifically was it something uh, about the clearing products you're working on before or was it simply oh the fact that i simply don't trust one single device
1: mm-hmm. especially a um, generic computer mm. uh an online generic computer and so I thought, you know, if I have two, then you really have to compromise both, which really makes it harder. Nowadays, I think, you know, it's uh, th- that's not the, the hard, uh, you know, it's easier to just lose your coins and get hacked, mm-hmm. to be honest. But at some point, uh, you know, and, and already today, people get targeted. Uh, and so, you
0: know, the, the more security, the better. Yeah, no, that's uh, the five dollar wrench attack. That's an existential fear that's on the top of every Bitcoin Bitcoiners mind. But I do think losing your coins is probably more likely than I think it
1: especially for uh, average end user, right? They they forget where they wrote the piece of paper, mm-hmm. with their backup words, and maybe they lose their device, and uh, you know, yeah, it's uh, it's not it's a sad story that uh,
0: we hear every so often. And I don't know if I want to live in a future where uh, where the world's just attacking Bitcoiners and trying to steal their money. Yeah, I don't I don't. I go back and forth on whether or not that dystopian. Uh lop centered future uh, opsec centered future comes to be i don't know you have any thoughts on that <laughs>
1: i mean it's already happening today even without bitcoin right like they try to get your credit cards data they try to mm-hmm. get uh maybe your uh username
0: passwords and other information but that's all done online right i'm talking about like the physical attacks sorry that's all done online though right mostly like s- credit cards sold on Dark market. Right. Information sold yep. in dark markets. I'm talking about m- more like physical. Oh, physical attacks on yeah. on Bitcoin. Yeah. Right. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah.
1: Well, you you shouldn't uh, really disclose how much you have. You shouldn't really...
0: um. I don't know. Don't tell people you own it. Huh? Yeah. Maybe. Um, I just like to go on little tangents here. So, I saw you were hanging with a uh, Bitcoin sign guy last night. I was. What was that freak up to? <laughs> um.
1: I don't know, I, I I changed the place like three times last night, and I ended up in a place where he was there. He's a really cool guy. I really like him. Uh, he's also fun and smart. Um, yeah, we, he, he was like, let's take a picture. And I was like, yeah, let's do it. It was a very intimidating picture. It is, it is. <laughs> <laughs> he wanted the guns out, and we, we got the guns out.
0: So it's like your your uh, your avatar on Twitter, it uh, does not do your beard justice at all. So seeing that picture, I was like, whoa.
1: I know that that picture is uh, from um the Bitcoin embassy in uh, Tel Aviv. Mm-hmm. Um and behind me there's um there's a photocopy of um uh you know the the newspaper that ended up on the first block in the first block in the genesis block. Oh really? Yeah, and so that that's why I have that picture there cuz I, I I love it. I love to have <laughs> that. Um I usually shave every couple of months. <laughs> it's just when it gets
0: too long I'll shave. i become a beard man myself. That's yeah, a, that's just easier. Yeah, easier. Streaming
1: uh, is more work than uh, than just streaming
0: the whole thing. Yeah, no, it's a uh, it's a good way to signal like, hey, I'm a Bitcoin. I don't give a fuck what you think about me. You know, there's some of that. <laughs> there's some of that. <laughs> so, how did you you start Green Address? How did you come to work at Blockstream and uh, become the chief architect at Blockstream?
1: Uh, it's um, it's a very interesting question. So I, uh, you know, the, the the rabbit hole. It's not like I, it has an end. So starting Green Address was just. A way for me to, like in in hindsight, uh, I I was clueless when I started. I knew enough to to to, cr- to to you know to do it, but it wasn't done maybe the the perfect way the first time. In fact, uh, the green dress that you see today is uh, fairly different. To the um, the first iteration we were using bare multisig, you know, before P2H was a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, but no wallet supported the, uh you know format, so th- it was really hard to send into the wallet in first place. You needed to use raw RPC and that sort of stuff. <laughs> <laughs> That's not going to be a very user-friendly wallet, right? No. And also, I learned that you know you don't want to use reuse addresses, and so uh, bip thirty-two just came out. I was like, okay, we have to use bip thirty-two. So I rewrote it a couple of times before um, it came out, and uh, it has been a continuous uh, learning experience. And uh, at some point, um, I got. Know, really excited that uh, you know the bookstream company was formed because uh the you know we're planning to work on very interesting things interesting tech um i'm, I'm very interested in privacy and fungibility <coughs> and um the idea of uh, you know confidentiality on chain uh, and making it harder for people to see what you're doing or how much you're spending i think it's great um and so back then we um there was um a test sidechain called te- um, Elements Alpha, mm-hmm. and uh, we decided to support that in green. Uh, I think we were the only wallet at the time that supported um, um, that supported, uh, you know, the sidechain tag mm-hmm. uh, with confidentiality on uh, on um, on our end user wallet. And uh, we started talking because it was a you know a good marriage in a way because. Uh, um, blockstream didn't have a wallet team and mm-hmm. uh, and i really wanted to work with uh, uh, with the people at blockstream uh, people you know like adam or peter
0: uh, andrew and so on and so forth it seems like a, a ragtag group of all-stars you got there at blockstream um the so blockstream green let's talk about the specifics of the wallet. so it's a two of 2 multi-sig this um, 2 of 2 and 2 of 3. And 2 of 3, if you want to. Initially, or... Er, uh, yeah, the, the default is 2 of 2. But you
1: can create a 2 of 3 sub accounts, which is separate, and mm-hmm. then you have 2 out of the 3 keys.
0: Is Blockstream ever not going to sign the second key? Sorry? Is Blockstream ever not going to sign the second K? That's what people... Uh, people yeah, that, that's yeah, that's it. Di- well, actually,
1: mm-hmm. that's not true. That we, ha- we had that at the beginning, the instant functionality, but that was mm-hmm. opt-in. Mm-hmm. So y- y- we will co-sign it again if you didn't opt-in in the instant. But we... we we deprecated the functionality uh, uh, actually, uh. Um, because you know with lining and whatnot, it, it's not as needed uh, as it uh, as I thought it was uh, when when I created Green Address. And so we will cosign as long as you provide the right uh, to factor authentication and so on and so forth.
0: Yeah, and then you have the the time lock function as well too. Yeah. Can you describe that? Because that's a that's a pretty cool, creative way to to set up this this wallet structure.
1: Yeah. So basically, we we could um. We're actually changing it soon, uh, in, but let me explain what we do today. Uh, all the addresses uh, that we generate are um, a script, P2SH multiscript of 2 of 2. And uh, as soon as you either receive something from outside or maybe make some change, uh, make a transaction and have some change, um, we send you an email with um, an encrypted email with uh, pre-signed transactions. Um, that at least sign our side of the transaction, they're locked, Uh, they have a time lock, such that they can only be broadcasted, uh, assuming that the other party signs, the user signs, they can only be broadcasted after some time. I think the default is, uh, or was 90 days. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, if you lose your two-factor, the service disappears, you take this pre-signed transaction, you add your signature, you wait the time lock, and then you broadcast them yourselves. And, And those send to your single side of the key. So, at that point, you are in full control. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, you're always in full control, it's just that you,
0: you have the time lock. No, that's the, uh, the interesting thing about these wallets and uh, products built on top of Bitcoin is you get sort of a, a range of optionality of how, how you want to engage, and if again, it's all about trust models and, and trade-offs, and this is a very unique sort of trade-off I think you guys found at, at Blockchain Green and Green Address. Um,
1: yeah, I think at the time was uh, the best you could do. Nowadays, there's uh, there's better options. You can use CSV check sequence verify, mm-hmm. so that um, you don't have the window of trust where you have to trust the server to send you those pre-signed transactions. Because if the server was the to target you and not send you those, then you know you, you you'll be on the hook. So with CSV, the addresses um, uh, have the the, sp- the spendability option of the you know the the user this the um, on its own embedding the address so y- your your wallet as it generates it knows that you're you're I- if not now later you'll be the only one being able to spend them on your own without any window where you could get um, um, you
0: know attacked or you know targeted and do you think the um if Schnorr signatures signatures does get implemented at some point in the future to make these schemes even more creative um it would be
1: much better for for Green uh, once uh, we have that. Because then we can be... On, on the chain, we would look exactly like um, a vanilla Bitcoin tran- single-sig transaction. Mm-hmm. People wouldn't know that you have the multi-sig uh, um, security, which means you're leaking less information. Uh, but also, it's cheaper. Because, uh, you know, it, um, it sh- you know the way it should not works. You, you can... Um, um, you, you can basically add signatures together and, and they they wait as much as one
0: mm-hmm. yeah so that it sort of incentivizes people to to engage in snore signatures and make uh, Bitcoin a little bit more private at the protocol level
1: exactly now for us because we want to use the CSV and maybe we want to hide some of these conditions when you don't use them mm-hmm. maybe we want to wait for Taproot as well
0: mm-hmm. that's a good uh, thanks for providing a great segue into BipTaproot um Peter Willa, obviously, when he dropped that two weeks ago, um, what are your thoughts on, th- on that particular proposal and its uh, likelihood of getting uh, merged?
1: Well, I don't see why not. Um, I, I don't see the, the, I don't see too much uh, controversy there. Um, obviously, you never know, and uh, I didn't see any controversy with Segwit, to be honest. <laughs> so, oh, <no? laughs> true, true. Yeah, I didn't. But uh, but then I think the ecosystem is also very different from uh, where we were when uh, Segwit came out. Um and I think um m- many more people than back then are keen on privacy and uh fungibility. So I think there's a strong push towards uh having uh you know these improvements uh added.
0: If you were able to uh sort of design the, the soft fork and the way in which it gets merged, how how would you sort of uh design the signalling for this for this upgrade? I hate to put you on the spot. Oh, that's
1: a that's a interesting question. Well, I would uh, I would do something like um, allow the miners to signal readiness uh, f- in a window, say I don't know, a year, six months, whatever mm-hmm. it is, um, and then um, some sort of USF sort of activation after s- another six months. So if if the managers are willing, it happens earlier. If it doesn't, if, if they're not, it happens uh, slightly later.
0: My mind's a little fuzzy going back to this BIP91 and SegWit. They signal that in the version bits or...? um? Yeah,
1: well, the version bits at the moment, I think, are a little bit abused. Mm -hmm. Uh, Miners are throwing in their stuff to grind, you know, the blocks. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know if you notice, but sometimes when you run Bitcoin Core, you see uh, the version number looks wrong or, you know, the last few blocks have such and such wrong version number. I don't know. I don't know, you know, what's going to be used what's best but i think a mix you know more or less what we did with segway but defined from the
0: one as opposed to you know yelling at the miners (laughs) and i am uh i am but a lowly podcaster (laughs) and newsletter peddler but i've been saying that uh if bip tap in particular that proposal gets merged it seems to me at least i don't know I'm, i'm dumb uh that uh Bitcoin is less replacing parts after that and more tightening screws. Like you're not replacing ECDSA with Schnorr, um, adding Groot, and stuff like that. Is that a and fair assumption? Do you think? Well, the, this is the last set of changes. No, the not the set last set, set, set of cha- changes.
1: Yeah. Uh, not sure. No. Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. I mean, the 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 whole thing is built for extensibility, right? The mm. the the dress disc- the the scripts, the the versions, the I don't know. I mean, there's, uh, there's quite a few smart people and, uh, you know, m- there's also, also Graphroot and there's a few other mm-hmm. proposals that maybe can go in later mm-hmm. uh, after more people, f- you know, th- think more about them.
0: Yeah, but Graphroot's in, uh, in the BIP-TAP root proposal, right? I, I thought it was separate. Is this it? It's a it's separate, separate thing. Yeah. No, I'm wrong. Um, no. What are, your, what are your thoughts on ossification? Like, uh, on um, ossification? That's I another like assumption. I'm for it. Yeah.
1: I mean, uh, even if Bitcoin was taken before SegWit and locked there, I'll still love Bitcoin. Even if Lightning wasn't invented, I still love Bitcoin. And uh, and I still think that you know, it's not like because we have Lightning that now we don't need to increase the block size. That's regardless of Lightning. You know, you need to keep it down uh, t- to a reasonable fashion, uh, so that you know it's easy, uh, relatively easy for people to to synchronize and, and keep up and whatnot, regardless of the l2 l3 you know scaling layer solutions those are just uh you know uh, ice on the cake
0: right just added benefits
1: yeah just just other benefits that we're getting and great that we have them uh, they're not um you know solution to everything either right
0: yeah no and I was uh actually interesting watching an interview that uh, Adam had earlier this week. I forget what it w- I think it might have been like to block TV, and he was talking about how how traders sort of deprecate the use case of Bitcoin at the protocol level by trading and and talking about how uh, you can move certain use cases to layers like Lightning and Liquid in particular. So let's jump in to um, Liquid and ha- how you guys are. You're but ha- have you been working on Liquid outside the? A little bit. A little I bit. mean, I worked
1: on it on. Uh, on green side on the explorer side i've been working on um helping out with the building the re- releases mm-hmm. and testing the releases of um you know uh liquid is based on uh, bitcoin core mm-hmm. we recently rebased a uh, recent version and uh, we recently had the support for the qt wallet so the gui from bitcoin core and uh, there was quite a bit of effort in you know testing it and uh making sure that uh, it has all the features needed to you know, visualize the uh, issued assets and so on and so forth. Um, I've also built a couple of tools on top of uh, Liquid. Um, I did um, the bridges for Liquid. Liquid is a federation, so it's not like, it's a entirely peer-to-peer network like, uh, where where people can come in and live like uh, in Bitcoin, right? When there is no uh, s- known set of participants or whatever. So, we Liquid is a federation, and um, I basically created some bridges so that anyone can connect to the network, not just a fed, uh, f- um, federation member. So, I worked a little bit on that. And uh, the Explorer, um, the Explorer, you know, has Bitcoin support, testnet support, and Liquid
0: support. So, and uh, I must say, I learned a ton about Liquid in the last year. Mm-hmm. So, how how does Liquid leverage the assurances of Bitcoin at the protocol level, and what sort of new functionalities does it allow for people using that that sidechain the well i I can say the
1: the the main features are pretty much um you know confidential transaction confidential assets what does that mean that means that when you send a transaction um only the sender and the recipient can see the amounts um, and maybe some auditor if you choose to you know to disclose to them you know your your blinding keys or information such that they can uh, um you know decrypt the data and, and verify for themselves now the the chain enforces that you know the y- you're not inflating or creating bitcoins out of nowhere um and uh and the team went uh, uh you know a, s- a step ahead um and uh, also did confidential assets so that that's to say that it's almost like the the amount but it's for the asset type so now you don't know how much i'm sending and of what mm-hmm. uh, only the sender and receiver know and uh and auditors if if there are any if you choose to you know give them the opportunity to, to verify um confidentiality is uh um, you know, I think it's very important and it's good for traders as well. It, uh, it helps in preventing things like uh, front running. You know, there's um, every so often there's people go on, on Reddit and Twitter. Oh, I saw so many Bitcoins move to Bitfinex. So many Bitcoins move to Coinbase. So many, so someone is about to dump them. Mm-hmm. And, and now I already have coins on the exchange and the, I know the exchange is going to take three comps or six comps or whatever before they the crazy guy. So I'm going to act before he does and uh, front running. Mm-hmm. or something like that with liquid it's going to be a little bit harder because you don't know what I sent and how much I sent and so uh,
0: you, you, you you can't use that data yeah the whale report bot is helping people front run these whales uh, yeah all over the internet and it's uh, it's crazy watching this stuff evolve and become more sophisticated over time because bitcoin is like an expanding universe that we discover like the limits of as more blocks are produced and more people are using it and uh, sort of Figuring out these pain points and, and finding unique solutions, creative solutions to these—it's a—it's uh, been crazy to watch how how creative number one people are getting on top of this. Uh, yeah. And so, do you think uh, this is only the beginning of the creativity that we can we can uh, sort of leverage on top of Bitcoin? I think so. Yeah. I mean,
1: the it is the, just the beginning, right? We're uh, I, I, I cannot really say with precision but I feel like um, you know when Google just came out and we were all using Alta Vista and whatnot? I was so young,
0: yeah. yeah.
1: Right. Uh, this I'm is where I, I feel like w- maybe we're even earlier
0: than that. I, I'm not sure. Like comparatively. I remember AOL the Kids. That was like my first uh, my first internet.
1: Do you remember Hasta La Vista?
0: Hasta La Vista? No.
1: It's a, um, a search engine for cracks for applications. Oh.
0: Like uh you know, to piracy and stuff. Okay. Yeah, I was probably too I was probably pirating Rugrats episodes <laughs> or something like that back in the day. Um but you are uh, you're a man of uh many talents. You co host a podcast, The reckless review with duty. Yeah. That's been fun. Fun to uh watch you guys put that out. You're putting that out what, every two weeks?
1: Every two weeks. Well we're 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 not very professional and we're not very good at uh keeping the the X- schedule <laughs> and uh Especially recently, I've been very busy, so it's it's been very hard to find the time we were both good. Plus, I have um, two kids, one on the way, two dogs. Congrats! So it's uh, it's very hard to find time.
0: Yeah. Or right uh, you, you and Udi are also working on something very cool, uh, AB Core. Yep. Which allows you to run a Bitcoin full node on Android devices. And thank you for for working on this. This is something that. Uh, we always say decentralization is an ideal that we strive for, and I think things like this uh, help us get closer to that ideal. So, what uh, what was sort of the, obviously, we want more people to run full nodes. Why did you decide Android devices, and why why did you and UDI uh, attack this problem?
1: No, it, it it went uh, kind of backwards. Mm-hmm. Someone gave me an Android TV for Christmas. I I I'm like I'm, I'm I have no use for I don't watch TV, so I'm gonna install Linux on it. I did, but then it, it didn't really work well because of binary drivers, Wi-Fi. So I had, okay, I have to go back to Android to have uh, the network working. Uh, because on Linux, I can run Bitcoin Core, like no problem. There's ARM binaries, um, no issues. And Android is Linux, but it's a bit different. It's, it's, not, it's not your average Linux distribution. It's a specialized Linux distribution. It has a different C library. Linux usually uses glibc. Um, uh, Android uses bionic or ulibc. Um so there's a few differences. Enough to make it complex to, to run software on both inter exchangeably. And so I installed Android again and I was like, okay, but I, w- I want this thing to be useful in a way or another to to run my full node. So I'm gonna have to to get, you know, the the ARM Bitcoin Core banner is running on this thing. So the first thing I did was a really, really hacky. This was three years ago actually. Oh shit. Yeah, yeah. It's really hacky. Um, I was actually taking the banners from the Arch Linux repositories and Debian uh, Linux repositories and downloading those plus all the dependencies of those banners, so like hundreds and hundreds of megs, dumping them in a directory. And I don't know if you're familiar with ch-roots. No. Um, But it's basically like you can fake that you're inside a a Linux operating system inside a Linux operating system by just saying this directory is like my root. Assume that that's like a new computer,
0: Mm -hmm.
1: (coughs) and so um, that kind of worked. It was really, really hacky. Kind of worked, but um, it uh, it broke um, um, DNS peering. So when um, when your node starts the first time, it connects to some DNS seed servers. They will tell him, um, you know, here's some IPs and some nodes that you can uh, use to um, you know to synchronize the blockchain or not. And there's a bunch of volunteers running them. Plus, there's some hard coded nodes, uh, fallback uh, hard coded nodes in the client. Um, and so the it was hockey, the DNS part wasn't working, so it was always going to use the fallback nodes. And, uh, and it was crashing on uh, some variety of Samsung and LG. Because I put it out almost immediately. I did it in a weekend, put it out almost immediately. Uh, it was very bad at the beginning. <laughs> it used to crash all the time. <laughs> <laughs> and, uh, that should be expected, right? Yeah, kind of. But then I, I took a completely different approach. I looked at uh, how others were, were like, orbot. How, how are they running Tor properly on Android? Uh, how is um, th- there's another project called, uh, I think, Debian CH root. Mm-hmm. How are they running on a vanilla Debian distribution on Android? So I kind of reverse. It wasn't really reverse engineering <laughs> because it's all open source. But I, you know, I had a look at that, and uh, I took a different approach. Instead of downloading binaries from uh, the Linux distribution, I built them myself with the Android the Native Development Toolkit, also called NDK. And that was a mission. I had to uh, actually um, patch a lot of Bitcoin Core. And every time I did this, I I would do a PR to Core to bring my patch upstream. So the next time there's a new release of Core, I wouldn't have to patch it again. Mm-hmm. And slowly, um, with, with a lot of help from uh, uh, Wumpus, Vladimir, but also others, um, uh, you know, I started upstreaming some of these changes, and now the diff is minimal. It's uh, basically configuration. And we have a very tiny binaries, three megs. And, uh, and now we even added uh, Tor support.
0: I saw that. Uh, and right. yeah, Woody,
1: Woody contributed a couple of uh, PRs recently. Uh, they were really good because they made it runnable on uh, some other devices that wasn't runnable on before. And so I took the opportunity to say, hey, do you want to help more? you want to be the co-maintainer? Why not? You yeah. know, help me. I don't have enough time.
0: <laughs> no, it's uh so talking about the the latest update, uh you have Tor and then you leverage Luke Junior's new Bitcoin P2P links?
1: Yeah, it's uh URL format. I I had that idea three two two years and a half ago, three years ago. I I had an issue on, on A B core to create this QR code thing. But um I, I didn't really uh you know investigate uh until recently. And actually, what triggered me was, was Luke with that thing. I was like, okay, he's doing it. It's what I, w- I wanted to do for a long time.
0: So, c- can we describe this to the freaks out there?
1: Yes. Sorry. Um, so uh, this is um, a URI format. You know, like you can have HTTP or uh, Bitcoin dot uh, column, uh, like you have for addresses. Um, B- Twenty-one links. Um, basically, it's a URI uh, handle. That, that you can use to um give to software that needs to connect to a full node uh you know the the, the address and port and it works with uh you know clearnet as well as um, tor onion and so you put that link into a qr code and then you can have a wallet scan it and uh, uh you know rather than talking to random peers on the internet ra- rather than talking to a server you can talk to your own full node at home and what's cool about Tor is that, with Onion especially, is allows it, it allows you to not pass through. It allows you to, even if you don't open the ports on your router, it allows you to, to make your node reachable by you. Oh, really? Yeah, it does.
0: Because um, that's the the big UX problem with Tor, right, is opening your ports. Uh, you mean with Bitcoin, not with Tor? Well, I think it's harder, f- well, for both, right? Well, Bitcoin, you want well, to open up your a ports ports so other people can pull the blocks from your node with tor too isn't it? like another ux similar thing with tor um,
1: you, you only need to open the port if you want to be a relay node yes, or if you want to yes, be an exit node yes but otherwise you don't
0: would you want to be like so I that's another thing like bitcoin's gonna well be well you UK. should right yeah.
1: like the tor network um can 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 do it somehow right mm-hmm. um we shouldn't be just leeching uh i think pierre uh i never pronounced his surname right Rochard. Rochard. yeah right He's very keen as well. That's right. You know, I'm bad with last (laughs) names. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I think he's uh, the first one to say we really should. uh, You know, uh, it's good to open up all these Tor onion mm, firewall bypass nodes, but ultimately we're relying on relay nodes on Tor relay nodes, and uh, you know we we need to create more
0: of those if we want this to work. Yeah, exactly. It's some uh, Matt Odell and I've been preaching on rabbit hole recap is we're going to be leeching off this network pretty pretty heavily it seems uh, as as Tor we we put our noddle node behind Tor uh, recently and um, that is something as Bitcoiners running full nodes we should probably run Tor relay nodes as well. Yeah you should I think you should.
1: Unless maybe you're in one of those places where um, you know it maybe goes against your safety or it's illegal or so on and so forth maybe maybe you want to avoid that
0: yeah yeah no, it's um,
1: so. There's a variant of this uh, protocol that I would like to do. Let's jump into it.
0: Excuse me. Let's jump into it.
1: Yeah. So um, this th- this thing I just described uh, it really only works with uh with non <coughs> with full nodes that are not pruned because um, a pruned node won't uh, you know will won't, won't have the information that you seek unless you told it to watch for it in a uh, in advance ahead of uh, Ahead of uh, pruning, so what I think we should also have is uh, one of these. Uh, you know, this is called Bitcoin Dash peer-to-peer, the the protocol that Luke um, created. Uh, I think we should also have a Bitcoin Dash RPC. Now, th- there's a lot of debate, uh, um, you know, in the space about oh, don't expose the RPC on the internet. That's terrible, and I completely agree. However, at the moment, there's no way to have a prune node that you can uh, connect to remotely and also tell you what to uh, watch for because you cannot do that through the peer-to-peer port. Now, if you use something like Onion V3, you can have um, encryption, authentication, so on and so forth. So y- you can actually protect the RPC beyond the RPC user password. because keep in mind that RPC is all in clear text. So even mm-hmm. if you have a password, if someone, uh, is, uh, you know, has your Wi-Fi they can get or it. Your, or your ISP, they can get it. Mm-hmm. Uh, with the Tor v3 onion addresses, they cannot. So then you have two layers of protection: it's the onion encryption and then also the password. And um, and so that way you could have a very lightweight uh, um, wallet on the go, uh, and even multiple people around the world uh, using the same server, like say one family or a business, they can use one node at home. And then they all connect to it, they tell you what to watch for forward. And uh whenever they need to spend or verify that they receive something, they query the RPC and they do so in a um you know authenticated, encrypted,
0: safe way. Is that uh the future of Bitcoin decentralization that you envision is uh having like a smart member of the family maintain the node, having everybody else connect to it and this is a very good question because um, obviously right? AB Core is like a project that's working to to get a full node in a lot of people's hands. It seems like this is something that uh, that you're passionate about.
1: Yeah, I, I envision people running their own full node at home. Um, I don't think they need to run more than one, unless they don't trust the, the, their family, which is you know fair enough, possible. Um, and uh, you know we, we need we need to make it simpler, but. Uh, so what they, what I really like about the AB Core is that um, Android is so, so available, right? There's a, Everyone has a Lista, an old mobile with Android, and uh, they're fairly powerful. Like uh, most mobiles are more powerful than a Raspberry Pi. And there's people running no Raspberry Pis, right? So, um, you know, it's a cheap, easy, convenient way. And also it's harder to target you because there's, you know, a guy run- buying an Android phone or an Android tablet or an Android TV it's unlikely to be that, that he's buying it from a core uh you know all ten of us <laughs> 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 but um uh someone buying a full node whether it's a castle or another or not um, well it could be a little bit more targeted because i'm i'm buying this for you know bitcoin purposes and so on you, you you know you could put pet software on it or uh, and so on and so forth now there's an argument that goes for well if you're shipping hardware and i'm trusting you and i'm trusting your hardware anyway then you may as well send it pre I think Casa does that. Casa does that. Yep. I don't know if anyone else does that. Um, and you—you you heard well, about
0: Samsung's about the it, right? Samsung. Samsung with their new HTC. No wait, wait. HTC's HTC is a company. HTC. Samsung is another company.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. It's HTC. Like, I'm I'm yeah, yeah. getting confused. No, no. Yes, yeah. but HTC is uh, doing AB Core. Mm-hmm.
0: Uh, they're using AB Core. Yes, that's, that's what, what they're I was using. Asking. We've
1: been we've been talking last week. Congrats, Congrats on that then. It's uh, yeah. It's always sorry. They don't need to ask permission. They just just sure. take it. But they, they were nice enough to you know um, get in touch and chat and uh, discuss the pros and cons. How can we make this better, improve? And the device is kind of powerful. It uh, you know it has six gigs of RAM. It's uh, y- you know that's six times more than a Raspberry Pi as far as I recall. So it's uh, it's uh, quite a bit of, beast, uh, of a beast. And yeah, they were asking about uh, Pro mode. Uh, They were asking whether it makes sense to pre-sync it or not. Uh, They were asking whether we should use the internal flash or the SD card and the trade-offs. And um, how can we make it not drain the battery but keep it on 24-7.
0: It's nice to see they're asking these questions.
1: Yeah, yeah, they're they're smart, they're smart. They're asking the right questions and they're they're learning fast. They actually left me one of the devices so that I can help them tune it.
0: And they're they're going to pre-sync it first, right? Sorry, they're gonna pre-sync it first. I'm not else, sure. Not I'm sure? not
1: sure wh- what they're gonna do in the end. We're, um, I mean, even even if they pre-sync it, uh, the just start to
0: catch up to the tip.
1: Yes, and you could always go. Okay, I'm. Uh, I wanna do it from scratch. Yeah. But you know, you're, you're trusting the hardware. If they really wanted to to do something to you, maybe they could have hidden in in a, you know, in a boot ROM or or something that, and and you know, I don't know.
0: Yeah, no, it's. Um it's crazy like again we we're talking about still the early days but it feels like uh, this year in particular like a lot of good news is happening from the uh sort of incumbent industrial economy like uh, HTC square uh fidelity getting in it seems like bitcoin's reaching a level of legitimacy in the eyes of uh the normies if you will yeah so uh, about the
1: QR code and the bitcoin peer to peer link um i added to ab core but at the same time i added to green so now you can scan the, that qr code on green and link it to your full node and so the way we use uh, that with green it's uh it's not um you still connect to our server because we have the multi sig stuff and there's no way around that but um uh we basically check that the server is not lying so the the, the balance you see there it's uh, green Address is not telling you rubbish it's it's, it's actually yours and you check it by, by by talking to your own full node, but what I'm actually doing in the background as well is um, I'm working on single SIG for green, and so that will rely on a uh, uh, you know a full node somewhere and then that could either be a B core or it can be something else mm-hmm. it could even be on the same device and uh, and uh, you know that means you basically have um a front end to Bitcoin core but for Android, which is kind of cool it's crazy because um yeah it's we, we can basically use an entire set of GUI for green. But instead of using our servers, it just, just only talk to your own full node. That's it.
0: Mm. What type of use cases do you think this opens, opens up? Because um, obviously it frees people up from having to be.
1: Well, I, I, as I told you earlier, I, I'm, I like privacy, I like security, uh, I like privacy, I like various things, but I also like security. And so that's why multi sig was my first um, thing. 4A. But uh, we, we had tons of people that also want other options. So uh, I always uh, hit behind, well, I want a generic multisig. I wasn't really hiding behind it. It's just that, you know, it takes time to do it properly. And by generic multisig, I mean, you want single-sig, you go single-sig. You want N of M with the N are variable, and it's not fixed like it is right now with 2 of 2 and 2 of 3 only. So I wanted that originally. But it um, turns out that doing single-sig was a weekend project, and uh, we're not it's not done, but it's very close.
0: Just a weekend project? maybe three days <laughs> and uh so you're testing it out right now or you're testing
1: it yes okay. um yeah my, I, I, as as you know i like to go I, I like to do things iteratively so the first that was a little bit of a hack i'm using bitcoin course wallet and just using the RPC, and that works well but i actually want the key management to happen in the in the mobile wallet mm-hmm. not in the remote node. Uh that was just a test to prove that things worked um yeah, because I want to use mnemonics and bip 39. I don't want to use, uh, you know, Bitcoin Core doesn't use that. It uses uh, hex seeds mm-hmm. or wallet dot that, you mm-hmm. know, and that's not as convenient for backup purposes. I I like the you know 24 words.
0: Yeah, no, I do as well. It's very easy. It's very normie friendly as well. Yeah. Um, no, so I I like that you said that uh, you're building is like an iterative process. I'm a big fan of baptism by fire as well. I'm um, just sort of jumping into the fray. And, and start building stuff, so obviously there's more attention around Bitcoin and It's getting more attention from developers in particular. Do you have like any advice to somebody approaching Bitcoin development uh, or building tools on top of Bitcoin? Uh, it's, it could be daunting for some people, uh, but if somebody's been building for years um,
1: Imposter syndrome mm-hmm. uh, We all have it uh, and uh, You know, you just gotta start somewhere. So my, I think my first PR was uh, removing a single white space from <laughs> from from a, from a readme <laughs> in Bitcoin Core. Really? And someone said, what the hell are you doing? What is this PR? You're wasting your time. Like, come on. You, you. And a, that was my first one. Baby step. Yeah, baby steps. Uh, and um, in general, yeah, you have to really
0: read a lot and uh, know that uh, there's someone better than you out there, always. So what, uh, what are your sources for reading? Are you going to? Uh well, I love optech? Mm-hmm. So um,
1: that's relatively new, right? We it has been out for what, a year now. I Around think
0: they, issue forty-seven went out yesterday, so a year and five weeks. Right, mm-hmm. right.
1: And they're amazing. Uh, I love what they're doing. So that that's a great starting point. There's a uh, there's far more boot camps than there everywhere when I started. Uh, there's a bunch of people online.
0: Uh, Justin Moon, Jimmy Song. Yeah, twenty-one yeah. lectures in Switzerland, I believe. Um, yeah, they're popping up all over the place.
1: Yeah, so one of those, go to one of those, learn um hackathons. Um but it's, it's really it's really bouncing ideas with other people. Mm-hmm. Like getting other people to review your code and to you know, to tell you off, to tell you how bad it is. Mm-hmm. And then to listen and to try to understand why why they're telling you what they're telling you.
0: Is it a big uh, ego check, this
1: development process? I I I was um, set straight many years before uh <laughs> another company. What happened? <laughs> Well, <laughs> 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 I was um, I was working with uh, this guy that was uh, he wasn't officially my mentor, but unofficially he was my mentor mm-hmm. because uh, every time I made a change and he didn't like it, he would tell me. And he didn't have to tell me; uh, it wasn't his role to tell me. But he would tell me, and he would tell me in an angry way, <laughs> <laughs> but not not really angry, but you know, curt uh, way, in in a way that, uh, that 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 would teach me what was right and what was wrong. And uh, and basically, you know, uh, you y- y- you should always be be, uh, be humble when, when when it comes to code. And th- there's always something you may have missed. I mean, bugs are all over the place. Um, so yeah, th- this this guy um, um, was a you know, um, I think a, he was a big wine contributor. One uh, is now an emulator. And uh, you know, he taught me everything I knew about uh, programming, pretty much. Because uh, everything I knew before, you know, starting that job was basically university experience, which <laughs> is really rubbish. I mean, rubbish compared to you know the the, the levels requested uh, to be a proficient proficient developer. Mm-hmm. University teaches you, you, you 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 get an idea, you get uh, you get to try, but you you're not professional yet.
0: No, like you said, it's an iterative process. You got to go try to build shit, right?
1: Yeah, and, and basically code reviews is something that doesn't happen in every company. If you if you get a chance to have uh, your code code reviewed, please do because it's an amazing learning experience. Another thing I like is pair programming. Uh, I don't get to do that very often, but you know, occasionally. And uh, it's a pleasure cause you you learn tricks and other things that other people do
0: and you don't. What's uh what's the best practice for a pair programming? Are you like video conferencing, sharing screen, or are you able to hop in uh like an editor with each oh, other? The best thing is sit on the
1: you know by hmm but uh, obviously in today's age of people working remotely is uh, it's fairly t- hard uh, what I do with uh, some members of my team is um, we have a um, server somewhere with SSH into it and then we use TMAX in shared mode okay Uh TMAX is a um, screen multiplexer so you can have multiple shells within one s- screen one console but the, the nice thing is that uh, you can detach and you know go on your way take the tube, go back and reattach yourself and you're back to where you were. So if you had a long-standing process running or some Python script running, it's still there running and you don't lose anything. And uh, you can have multiple people connecting to it and multiple people typing at the same time. And so you can say, oh, okay, you drive now or I drive now. Mm-hmm. And uh, ideally, ideally you also do with voice. Who's, uh,
0: who's your favorite person to pair program
1: with? Oh, um, I don't have one. You don't have one. No, no. no.
0: You learn something there from everybody. Yes, from everybody. F- definitely. Yes. That's, I mean, as again, as a lowly podcaster, newsletter coding is always uh, fascinating to me because again, it's u- it's unique to the person who's writing the code, right? Um, and everybody has a different way, and these languages can be manipulated differently and uh, different editors and mm-hmm. yeah. To be fair, per programming itself, is it's not trivial if you're not using
1: the same tools mm-hmm. because then uh, it, it's a little bit harder to follow or to know what's going on. But, um, you know, many, many people in the space use uh, Vi or Vim and they're familiar with shells and scripts and SSH and whatnot. And so, you know, once you have um, uh,
0: lingua franca of sorts. Yeah. Is there consolidation g- going on in the... Uh, software, or like in Lingua Franca? Is it are people consolidating on a certain uh, dev environment? or No, not know? really. I mean, yeah. there's people using
1: all sorts of editors, all sorts of... Uh, there's still a big war with Vi, Vim, and Emacs. Do mm-hmm. uh, you, yeah. you think it's good at that way I, I don't think we're going to to get away from that, no. Yeah. Th- there's more editors coming out. Uh, there's, there's a very good one uh, called uh, Py... Well, I, I don't know because I only use Vime <laughs> or Vim, but th- th- there are very good editors I hear. Mm. Yeah. What I don't like about editors is that they uh, they help you too much. And so when you don't have With it, then the, then the you become paralyzed.
0: What With the autofill function? or
1: th- That sort of thing. Search, autofill, click here, and I take you to the definition. No, I don't like that because when I'm on a server and I'm debugging and production is crashing, I have none <laughs> of that. <laughs> 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 you know? Uh forces bad habits yeah yeah um, I, I I need to keep my uh, my brain trained on your uh, mental
0: acuity uh, yeah um, Lawrence thank you for sitting down I, we only have 45 minutes here um, thank you for I having I could go on for like another hour with you but uh, do you have any final thoughts on the current state of Bitcoin uh, are you optimistic pessimistic about the future and uh a tidbit for the freaks out there a word of advice I'm I'm
1: optimistic um, I I would like to ask you if I can ask <laughs> I, I basically would like more AB core contributors mm-hmm. uh, even, even if uh, you know you're, you're not strong on the coding side maybe you can help on uh, the documentation or maybe you can help uh, with guides or maybe you can help with the GUI or maybe you can help uh, you know teaching people um so th- that's the message i would like to
0: well i know matt odell started downloading uh started syncing his his ab core node on one of his android devices i think it was right after uh the p2p links he saw they were integrated and runs on Tor. so we'll definitely be talking about a rabbit hole recap and that's cool freaks yeah if any of you are listening to this and thinking contribute to ab core where what's the depository on github um Repository. it's uh,
1: github.com slash green address slash
0: ab core okay
1: ABC or,
0: <laughs> well again, Lawrence. Thank you for sitting down. It's been a busy week. I'm, uh, I'm sure you got a busy day ahead of you. you got a big party tonight. Oh yeah, the <laughs> dragons party. <laughs> the dragons party. It's uh, it's where is this where you guys unzip your human suits and the lizards come out? Again? <laughs> <laughs> <Ken? laughs> um, no, again. Thank you. Uh, I'll see you tonight. Cheers. Enjoy the rest of your day. Peace and love, freaks.